Welcome to our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you're here. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about Jesus loving God and serving each other. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com and find us on Facebook at Clemson Foothills Church. At CFC, we're just a group of people following Jesus and helping others do the same. So hopefully this podcast will be useful to you. Now let's dive into the episode for this week. Man, it's, uh, we're getting to the end of the year. We started all the way back in January. We talked about this journey to spiritual maturity. And one of the verses that we, we really attempted to hit on pretty regularly for about the first half of the year was 2 Corinthians 3, where this idea of we are being transformed. So the beautiful thing of the Holy Spirit coming and living in us the beautiful thing is, is the Holy Spirit, uh, I mean, there's so much to the beauty of the Holy Spirit, um, but the key agent of changing me and you, actually doing it like it's happening into the likeness of Christ. So when the Holy Spirit, and if the Holy Spirit is living inside of you, rest assured, the Holy Spirit has been like churning away powerfully to transform us actually into the likeness of Jesus. Okay? But I think what Mike said is really important for us to pay attention to is that you have the Holy Spirit who is just totally like efficient and just working 24-7 when we're asleep, when we're awake, he's not getting tired, any of those things. And then like the knucklehead in us gets in the way. Right? Like every one of us is that. Okay? That, that we end up doing that. And, um, that, man, uh, so you take a step back and you're like, man, I truly am my own worst enemy in so many ways. Right? I can get myself into just really weird head spaces. I can get myself into places just in life where the Holy Spirit is just like working. And I'm at the same time like, like no... I, like, I want to resist that. I want to not hear that. I have my own ideas. I have my own ways. I have all of these things. Uh, so hopefully, uh, man, that, that is resonating within us um, to be aware of. Because that's probably all of our kind of natural tendency is to do that. Um, so turn in your Bibles over to Luke chapter 21. So this is kind of just bouncing off of last week where we talked about this idea of, of being alert, okay? Uh, of just being aware of what's going on around our surroundings. There were some pretty significant passages that we read last week. All right, Luke chapter 21. And we are going to, you can, you can read up there, you can follow along. Um, Luke chapter 21, verse, um, we'll start right here in verse 32. Um, so Jesus is teaching the people at this time, like there's going to be a lot of things happening. There's a lot going on. There's a lot that will be going on. Okay, and he tells them, actually, let's start in verse 29. He told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and look at all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourself and know that summer is near. Okay, so these are the kind of things that slowing down and reading the Bible is so helpful because if we just kind of zip on through, he's really appealing to something here that's going to be super helpful for me and you. He's like, listen, just in how we live and the world we live in, we understand when there starts to become leaves, he said on a fig tree, but in every tree that loses leaves, when we start to see those leaves, we know that summer is near he said, even so, when you see these things happening, and so he, what everything that he had been sharing in the previous part of this chapter, you know that the kingdom of God is near. So what he was talking about before this, 
Um, he's saying that all of these things are letting you know of the time that in that time they were in, okay? He says, I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all of these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and so that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Each day Jesus was teaching at the temple, and each evening he went out to spend the night on the hill called the Mount of Olives. And all the people came early in the morning to hear him at the temple. All right, so just hopefully getting us, as we're just warming up here, okay, just getting us locked into this idea of our, our own king's teaching where he's saying, he's telling his guys at the time, there are going to be things happen in your lifetime, he's saying to them, that you need to pay attention to. He's like, be careful. You can be weighed down by drunkenness, the anxieties of life, and then it'll happen without you even realize what's going on. But the really great thing is he says, be always on the watch and pray. Okay. Now, I do want you to just pay attention just to, just to notice this. We get a little bit of an idea of maybe a rhythm of Jesus' own life. Okay. Because here's the interesting thing. Why do I bring that up? Is it is really, really, really going to be difficult for me and you to attempt to be like Jesus if we don't adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. Okay. And so when you see this, and, and again, he's getting very close to the end of his life here, right? Um, typically, when our time is short in anything, we tend to go, man, I've got to just crank it up another time is short. Uh, can you imagine Jesus saying, I'm going to leave all this to the people of this earth to pass on. But he said, no, he goes, at nighttime, he went up to spend the night on the Mount of Olives and the people didn't go up there. They said they waited for him till the morning. All right. So here's the interesting thing. What do you think Jesus did when he went up there? Okay. He wasn't watching TV. He wasn't like, he, here's the deal is, 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 uh, you know, when the sun goes down pre-electricity, you had to light something. Okay. It had to be on fire to see. And if you've lived that way before, you know, how efficient is that lighting? Okay, where you're just like, you're just going to go around and put all these torches up. The truth of the matter is it's not like the sun goes down. And here's the interesting thing is, is Jesus is like, okay, I'm going to go away. And essentially I'm camping with my guys here. Do, do you think, could, you, could, we, could we extrapolate at all that Jesus perhaps might have prayed that he could have spent any time like just encouraging his guys around him, right? That he slowed down enough to even get an idea of, hey, what happened today? What happened in my day? I've been in the temple all day teaching, all right? And let me just kind of like unwind here, okay? But I just, that's, I wanted to put that off to the side so you pay attention to that. But he said, watch and pray. So again, if... My king and my teacher and our king and our teacher says, watch and pray. I want you to just think, what would be the appropriate response to that? Watching and praying. Okay, it's like it's very, very simple uh, to be taken care of here. Matthew 26 might be a little bit more uh, uh, familiar with this verse right here. Um, again, we're going to be looking at this. Jesus has um, gone into the garden. His time is very short. He knows it's, it's time for him to go to the cross. All right. And he's there in the garden of Gethsemane. And um, uh, he begins to pray. He takes Peter and James and John with him. And in verse 39, 
It says Jesus, going a little farther, fell with his face to the ground, and he prayed, My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples, and he found them sleeping. Couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour, okay? And, and I want to stop there, okay, for this reason. Um, I know so, uh, in our zeal, sometimes we can get ahead of ourselves, is the, this time frame, one hour, they didn't know what that was. Okay, we, we have a clock. And why do I say that is because oftentimes we'll go, well, what you need to do is you need to pray for at least an hour. No, they, they didn't have our watches to say an hour. It's just a period of time. Couldn't you stay up with me for a while? Okay, and so again, I don't know, but I always know there's a few people going, that's what it is. The holy amount of time to pray is one hour, but we have to remember, uh, one hour to us, they, they weren't going, I mean, what did they keep the hour on? <laughs> you know, okay, so it's just a period of time, but he says, couldn't you even stay awake with me for this amount of time? And he said, watch and pray so that you won't fall into temptation, Okay, isn't it great? I mean, Jesus is kind of like, let me just reiterate this idea of watch and pray so you won't fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And, and it's interesting how we've like pulled that verse out. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak to almost like justify ourselves in living in a way opposed to Jesus. When that's not the point of it at all, he's actually saying, no, watch and pray. So that isn't that way, okay? And so then he returned to his disciples, and he found them sleeping again. He said, couldn't he keep, him keep watch with me? I could watch him pray. So you want, he went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it's not possible, uh, may this cup be taken away unless I drink it. May your will be done. And he came back. He found them sleeping again. And the interesting thing is, is that those guys and Jesus all faced a very significant challenge almost immediately, all right? One was watchful and prayed, and the others didn't. How do you think from the outside looking in, we get this idea of a contrast of Jesus going, hey, here we go. I've been watchful, and I've been prayerful, and it's time, and here we go. And the disciples, who didn't seem to be able to stay awake, here comes the challenge, and what did they do? Scattered. It's really, they came to fruition exactly what he said. Watch and pray so you won't fall into temptation, because you're going to be tempted to run away here pretty soon. Okay? So again, watch and pray, okay? Hebrews chapter 2, right? Um, this is, uh, again... Not an uncommon verse here, okay? Um, contextually speaking, we have a writer here who we're not sure exactly who the writer of Hebrews is, but is speaking to a Jewish Christian community, people who had been Jews, and they had become Christians and had been Christians for quite a while, and they were getting really weary, and they were thinking, maybe Judaism wasn't so bad. Maybe it wasn't like, why did we, why did we change all this? It's so hard for us now. And there's like persecution and all these things. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, he says this, We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we've heard, so that we don't drift away. All right, so there's this thread that's going through Scripture, and we can plug in all the verses we had last week. And you want to know what? On your own, I know a number of you have been studying this out, and there's more connecting points in the Scripture about being watchful and being alert. And this idea of, you want to know what? It's not so much that there's just this one maybe huge thing that is going to like swat, you know, kind of sideswipe us, but oftentimes like, 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 like it, it's, it's, it's boiling a frog. Have you ever heard that? Like, how do you boil a frog? Okay. I don't know why somebody would do that. I don't know why you would want to do that, honestly, but it's a very good illustration. Okay. You put them in the water and then you let the water heat up over time. You don't just throw them in the boiling water. Okay. Because he'll jump out. Y'all get that, right? Okay. That's what happens spiritually. Okay. Is this idea of it's like a slow boil. 
It's like being watchful. Be watchful and pray. Be alert. Be aware that there are things going on in Hebrews 3, right? Encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that we won't be, what? Drawn away by sin's deceitfulness. Okay? A deceit, something that's deceitful is something that will fool people. All right? And so there is this idea over in Proverbs um, uh, if you if you jump over there, Proverbs chapter seven, um, it's interesting because um, as Solomon is writing these proverbs, he gives this kind of story about this young man, and he's trying to teach him like, hey, you could get lured away, you could get lured away, and he's speaking in terms of like a sexual relationship with a married woman. That's what Proverbs seven is is like warning against. But I want you to pay attention to verse twenty two, okay. So Proverbs 7, verse 22, uh, verse 21, actually, okay, uh, when they're talking about the woman, the adulterous woman, with persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. All at once he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. Right? If we, uh, the imagery of the Bible is wonderful. Right? It's this idea of like, she, it's like man, this, this unalert guy, this one who is not watchful, he's like this ox that doesn't realize right up ahead is the slaughter or the bird in the, in the snare and all of these different things. There's that imagery and it's meant to really help us. And so why are we kind of being watchful and alert is because these are some of the ways that we can get out of our own way. Right? Is that we can get out of the way of, of me, of being like, hey, what's going on around me? Where is Satan trying to deceive me? Where is my own selfish, selfish nature being deceptive? What's going on in my life? Like all of these things. So I hope one of the things that we continue to hear is that of be watchful so we can pray. Okay? Being watchful for that. Zechariah chapter 7. You can move over to the right in your Bible. Almost towards the end of the New Testament. To the Old Testament. I think I said New Testament. Just testing. In verse 8, Zechariah chapter 7, verse 8, And the word of the Lord came again to Zechariah. This is what the Lord Almighty says, Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the alien or the poor. In your hearts do not think evil of each other. Okay, like that... Two verses right there are absolutely amazing as far as guiding our hearts to be like Jesus, okay? So he's saying, in your hearts, don't think evil of each other, but they refuse to pay attention. Stubbornly, they turned their backs and stopped up their ears. They made their hearts as hard as flint and would not listen to the law or the words that the Lord Almighty had sent by His Spirit through the earlier prophets. So the Lord Almighty was very angry. When I called, they didn't listen. So when they called, I would not listen, says the Lord Almighty. And I scattered them with a whirlwind among the nations where they were strangers. The land was left so desolate behind them that no one could come or go. This is how they made uh, this is how they made the land, the pleasant land, desolate. Like that's a very disturbing picture right there. Okay, I mean it's so absolutely disturbing where God is saying, I actually sent people. This isn't just God coming down and, and he just happens to get angry at that moment. He's like, no, I've actually sent many prophets to you. 
Like I've been interacting with you. I've been showing you my grace and showing you my love and showing you my purpose. And I've brought you along and I've brought you out of Egypt. And I'm doing all these things. But here's the interesting thing is, is that we as people, it's very easy to stop listening and stop paying attention. It's very easy. It's very easy in our time. It's really easy. As I, the other day I was thinking through this. I thought one of the things that gets past us, I think, that gets past us is, is I, and I think it's all good intention, but I think when we're not able to pay attention or to be watchful or being alert, I think one of the things is, is just driving around Clemson in this very small town, the number of different like churches there are, there's all kinds of different ones. There's like your major denominations, there's non-denominational, there's all kinds of things going on out there. And I think one of the things that we tend to do automatically is going, since you say you're a church, you therefore must be a church. And if you read out of the Bible, that really seals the deal that you must be the church of the Bible. But that's just not being watchful and alert. It just isn't, right? It's, it gets us, that will get us to a place that is dangerous. It'll get us to a place like, like the ox going to the slaughter. You know, where it's that idea of going, hold on a minute. Who gave me and you, who gave us the authority to say we're going to start a church up and we're going to be here long enough to where we get kind of grandfathered in by the whole community who says now we're Christians because our sign says that. Who, who are we to say that? Who are we to invent things and develop things and build groups and make those things and say, well, you know, we're going to read out of the Bible, but we're going to make it say what we want it to say. And then everybody's going to just agree that's Christianity. But who are we to do that? We, we don't have that authority. We have one authority, and it's Jesus to go, how do you want your church to be? Okay? And, and the problem is, is we get all caught up, and we start going, oh, man, how do I make... How do I make sense of all of these different teachings? How do I make sense of all that? And we start just building up like these crazy ideas of, man, well, everybody kind of sees it differently and all that. We're going, but hold on a minute. We have the word of God here. We need to be watchful so we can pray. We need to be alert so we're not like that ox as a community that we're not like that ox going to the slaughter. Okay? So... So here's the thing, okay? And there is, I can't hit this enough. So I think most everybody knows, like each year, one of the things I try to do and I try to share with everybody is I try to pick a word of the year. Like a word that I'm going to like, you know, I don't do all kinds of like New Year's resolutions and all that. I pick a word. And it usually takes me about a month to come up with that word. I don't know what my word yet will be for 2023. But my word for this year was unhurried. That was my word. And I feel like the, over the course of 300 plus days, it has been like Jacob wrestling God. I mean, it is like there, there are times where I feel like, all right, I'm getting a good handle on this. And there are other times I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, I feel like my hips are being dislocated. Like, like it's just a, a battle of continually going back and going, no, no, no. Listen, I I need to be unhurried. And I don't just even mean in my normal like calendar, but inside. I need that. I've spent too often and too many years being hurried and just running everywhere. Here's the, and, and so, again, these, this right here encapsulates so much of what just speaks to me about this idea of the enemy of alert and watchful is us being busy, even being spiritually busy. All right, that, that is the enemy. It can be the badge of honor. Business oftentimes in our world is the badge of honor, right? It's, man, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. I don't have any time, okay? Do you ever feel weird if somebody says, hey, let's go do something? And you said, no, well, what do you got planned? Well, maybe nothing. But that's a hard place to be if you've ever been in that place, you know. 
hey, let's go and do this thing. Well, nah. -uh. Well, you're not doing anything. Exactly. It's okay for us to have those times. It is perfectly fine, okay? The enemy is busyness, okay? If Satan can't make us bad, he'll make us busy. All right, kind of let that soak in. Yeah. Uh, Thursday night, wrote a sentence up on the board, told all the guys, here's our homework. The sentence was, I am humble. Told, told all the guys, listen, go tonight to your wife and to Jesus and say, I am humble. And, and I'm telling you, it would have been like, look, Joanne just looked at Carl like, you better not ever say that to me. Okay, I caught that right out of the corner of my eye. She looked at Carl like, Carl, listen, do not listen to that garbage that man is saying, okay? And, and, and my point in saying that is there, there are innate things that we, we know. You're going, man, I, I, I don't... <laughs> I can't say that. I was talking, you know, with Stefan. I asked Stefan on Friday, did you go and pray that? And, and he said he didn't. And he texted me later and he said, okay, I prayed to Jesus. And I said, Jesus, I am humble. And then Jesus has some words for me. <laughs> okay. Yes. That's awesome. That's great. That's the point. The point isn't that we convince ourselves with words that we are something, but it's the idea of there's, there are these kind of little dirty secrets, right? That like humility is one of those things where it's like, we don't really like hold people like, like we're not really like, I don't know about holding people accountable to humility or talking too much about it or, you know, but we, at the same time, when we say something like, okay, well then go and tell the world that humble. Then we're like, oh no, I can't do that. Be because we know at our deepest level, we just aren't. Right? And busyness is like that. It's that idea of, man, if I'm busy and I'm busy even doing good things, then people are going to be like, wow. What? That is really great. I'm glad you're not like people who are lazy. And so it's that idea. Hey, can you get some time together? I don't have time. Out of the, you know, how many hours in a week do we have? We have 24, 764 hours in a week. Okay? And it is always amazing to me if, you know, you can go, hey, would you like to go get some coffee this week? I don't have a single hour. Out of 164 hours, you already know that? So it's one of two things. Either you have packed 164 hours full, or we've just kind of realized there's a shield to that of going, I can say I'm busy, and you will stay away from me. Okay? Neither one is a good thing. If Satan can't make us bad, he's going to make us busy. Okay? And here's the crazy thing about busyness. It numbs us and blinds us. There's a really good chance that me and you right now are numb and blind to some very real things in our life. Okay? And that's a, that's a hard sell because you may be going, no, I'm not, no, I know exactly what's going on in my life. I have it all under control. But I'm just saying, okay, is we live in a world that would be very odd if we didn't have something. It would be very odd that we've already kind of achieved this, this victory over busyness living in the world we live in that demands us to be busy. Christianity that demands us to be busy. So we're numbed and we're blind. This is all I ask, is that you're open to the fact that maybe there might be something going on in life that's very real that we are numbed and blind to, okay? Um, so here's the crazy thing about busyness, right? It just gives us, and, and again, there, there are a lot of things I could not go to school to get a degree in, okay? Busyness, I could go to school to get a degree in. I feel like I have an advanced degree in busyness. Because here's the thing, it just gives a false sense of self-worth. Hey man, if I'm busy, it's because I'm doing good things. You know? Um, moss does not grow on a rolling stone. 
<laughs> right? There's half of the church doesn't even know what that saying means, right? <laughs> okay. It embraces. Here's the thing about about this idea, about this, just this, this sense of busyness. It actually treats. It, it wants us to embrace chaos as normal and good. All right. So. It's like life being dramatic and chaotic. That, that's kind of a good thing. It's kind of a neat thing. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, well, everybody's like that. I mean, that's what our television shows oftentimes are about. Our dramas are oftentimes about that, is life is chaotic, and we're just trying to, like, like work through all of the chaos, and busyness just numbs us out that that isn't what, uh, you know, that's not the state God wants us in. Remember, we learned all the way in Genesis chapter 1, God is a God of what? He takes chaos and brings order, okay? He, he didn't say, hey, let there be chaos. He actually took what was chaotic and brought it to order right here. And then here's the other thing, too. When, when, we're, when we're busy, just, just sinfully busy, is we become spiritual recyclers. And what I mean by that is, is that we keep saying, like that we, we keep the sa- making the same comments about the same verses our entire life. Like we've never gone past what we said when we were a, a baby Christian, you know, is 25 years ago, I'm still sticking to the same thing because I've not gotten any deeper. Nothing's changed. So it's just going to be the same commentary over and over and over again. And it makes me wonder, like, hold on a minute. Jesus is, is fresh and, and refreshing. And, and, and as we read the scripture, we're not going to see that it says something different. But at the same time, if all we are is recycling the same information over and over and over again, it's generally because I'm too busy for true, like really true refreshment from the scripture in my life. I want you to think the opposite of busy is, okay? Just think about it, okay? I'm going to put up some things here that come directly off of thesaurus.com, Merriam-Webster Dictionary, okay, dictionary, whatever, all of the things that you would look up, and you may have been doing that during this sermon. The opposite of busy is, and here are the answers. Idle, lazy, Careless, slack, lethargic, indifferent, and careless. That's what Google tells us the opposite of busyness is. Okay? None of those words are good Jesus Christ words. Okay? Like, there's a lot of New Testament words in there. They don't, they're not good things. Okay, and so if we're like getting in the habit of like, well, let me just kind of Google this and see what the opposite said. Man, Keith is crazy. Like, I don't know. I know, man. Paul tells people all the time, stay away from idle people and lazy people and stuff. Why do I say all that? The deal is, this is exactly what the world wants us to believe: is that if we're if we're not busy, then we're lazy. If we're not busy, then we're idle. If we're not busy, we're lethargic. If we're not busy, then we're careless. If we're not busy, okay? And then sometimes we can even, like, make our own definition as well and go, oh, well, if I'm not busy, then I'm engaging in leisure. Okay? That's not correct spiritually either. If I'm not busy, then I'm, like, relaxing, that's not what we're trying to get at here, okay? We're not trying to, like, take the scripture and go, you want to know what we really need? We just need some more time to, like, unwind and some downtime. That's not ex- in any way that it, it, what we're talking about, all right? But we're taking this idea, which is a true worldview inside of us, that busyness, we can believe busyness is something that's okay to live in, Okay? And, and here's the thing. I, there might be five people in here that know what this means. Okay? Maybe four. Three. <laughs> Christian knows what it is. Okay, so if you're a Star Wars person, you know what that is. So all of those things, those are not what we're talking about when it comes to busyness and all that kind of stuff. Okay? 
I, I love this, okay? Busyness isn't the opposite of laziness. Busyness is actually a form of laziness. Busyness is being too lazy to intentionally, purposely, and prayerfully say no to everything that competes with your lifelong yes to God's will. How's that fit? Right? We put that shirt on and wear it a little bit, man. You're going, oh my goodness. You know? And, and here's the truth of the matter is, is like, I don't know who that dude Sean Bentley is, but you either love him or hate him right now. <laughs> okay? Jessica's taking a picture because she loves it. Somebody else is going, I hate that guy. Okay? You, know, you may have even in your mind going, he is so judgmental. He doesn't know me. Hey, we do these things, man. Okay? Busyness is not the opposite. It's actually a form of laziness. Too lazy to be intentional, purposeful, or prayerful. To say no to everything that competes with your lifelong yes to God's will. All right? That, that's going to take some time to chew on. That's going to take some time to chew on. Here's the opposite. Here's what we're going to go into here. The opposite of busyness is presence. That's the opposite of, of, of busyness, is, is presence. All right? That's going to, ha again, this is going to just take some time. I'm going to put it on our plate, and we're going to kind of, you know. Here's the interesting thing. Psalm 89, okay? Um, let me turn there, because those words are just way, way too small. Psalm 89. I need to find Psalm 89 first. There it is. Verse 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you. Who walk in the light of your presence, O Lord. They rejoice in your name all day long. They exult in your righteousness. For you are their glory and strength. And by your favor, you exalt our horn. Indeed, our shield belongs to the Lord, our King, to the Holy One of Israel. All right, so you see this, this idea here is, is uh, blessed are those who walk in the light of your presence and rejoice in your name all day long. All right, and so just, just kind of a little thought to get things started in your mind as we kind of take this away with us is that idea of how would the way we our schedules up, how we live our lives, how we live in relationship with one another, how we say yes to things and no to things. How would those things change when we're mindful of the presence of God and the idea of, of, uh, of rejoicing in his name all day long? See, decision making begins changing. Sometimes yeses need to be no and sometimes no needs to be yes. Right? But the opposite of busyness is presence, right? As the dude said before, he's like, man, busyness is just about being unintentional. Busyness is just being lazy in terms of like not even paying attention to what's going on in life, right? Go over to Exodus 33. So this in the Old Testament might be my absolutely favorite, favorite chapter in the entire Old Testament, okay? Exodus chapter 33. I love it. I love the interaction between Moses and God here. Okay? And um, Exodus 33, verse 12. Moses says to the Lord, You've been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You've said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways. Uh, this is phenomenal. So I may know you and continue to find favor with you. 
Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. All right. This is beyond leisure. This is beyond entertainment. This is all these things. But he's like, no, my presence will go and I will give you rest. Okay, man, that's quite a, a trip they're about to take here. Okay. Um, then Moses said, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. All right. Can you this is this is what was in Moses's heart. If your presence will not be with us, do not make us go. All right. This is almost the opposite of how we tend to maybe make decisions and live our life, which is I'm going to go where I want to go and your presence should be there. Do you see the opposite idea there? Do you see the opposite of the idea of even a king? Could you imagine anyone saying that to the king? Hey, king, I'm going to go and do my thing and I expect... Everything coming with you, the army and the, the safety and the freedom and all of the blessings of the kingdom to come with me. See, the apprentices don't say that to the mentor. The, 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 the people don't say that to the king. That's where the king says this to us. Okay, and Moses understood this. But what an amazing prayer. What if this was actually our heart in every stretch of the word here is my presence. It was like... Uh, uh, um, uh, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up here. How will anyone... Now here, look at how Moses connects this dot. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? Okay? There's this idea of the presence of God that changes everything about how we live. And hopefully it makes us go back to how we're living, what we're spending our time on, what we're spending our time on even spiritually, what we're doing and going, hold on a minute. Let me be in the presence of God and start to get this idea of, God, these are all the things I'm going to do. These are all the things my family's going to do. This is all the things I'm going to do this year. Now bring your presence with me. Versus the humility of going, hold on a minute, I don't want to go anywhere or do anything if your presence won't be there. Okay. And the interesting thing is they visually could see this pillar of cloud and this pillar of fire to go, man, we, that's who we need right there. For us today, what's really crazy is that idea of going, hold on a minute, your Holy Spirit that's inside of us. Like, can we be tuned in spiritually enough to, to know? Right? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you've asked because I'm pleased with you and I know you by name. See, this is where it gets difficult for us because there's a lot of us in here that you would go, God would never say that to me. Like he, he would never even think to say that to me because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Let me rewind a little bit to verse 12. Moses said, you've been telling me lead these people, but you haven't let me know whom uh, you'll send with me. You have said, I know you by name and I found favor with you, okay? But here's the thing, it's very easy for us to go, but he would never say that to me. Man, I'm, I'm just a derelict. I'm just like, I can't even get it on straight spiritually. Like I'm making bad choices all the time. And, and we, we ultimately forget that he's going, no, when I gave you my Holy Spirit, like you are and should know and live in this idea of being dearly loved children. Because if we, if we reverse it and we go, okay, I really want to follow you, but I know you don't have any favor for me. You don't really like me. You're not really going to even, like you're just upset with me all the time. That becomes like a really tough place to go, but I want to be in your presence. How many times do you want to be in the presence of someone that you know doesn't like you? That is frustrated with you? That doesn't ever think you can make a choice that's even halfway faithful. Those are, we don't want to be in the presence, right? And so it's God going, no, listen, I have, you have found favor with me. You have done this. Does that mean that, hey, where you are is okay where you are and the sin you're in is... No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. 
But I'm saying that the blood of Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit inside of us allows us to live in that reality. And we have to hear the message of watch and pray. Be alert of what's going on out here, okay? And so it's this idea. He says this, I know you by name. Moses said this, now show me your glory. Like, man, God, I want so desperately to see every last bit of you. Okay? That cha- you see what I mean? Is, is Think of all of the things that you may be excited in doing over the next year. I can't wait to go on this trip. I can't wait to do this thing. I can't be. And Moses is going, here's what it is about being in the presence of God. Like, show me more. Like, show me more. I want to see it all. Okay? And the Lord says, I will cause all of my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I'll have mercy and compassion on whom I'll have compassion. But he he can't see my face for no one can see me and live. Then the Lord said, but there is a place near me where you can go stand on a rock. And when my glory passes by, I will put I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then when I remove my hand, you'll see my back, but my face must not be seen. Can you imagine what great news that must have been for Moses? He's like, okay, God, thank you that you are not going to kill me right now by looking at me. But he's like, no, I'm going to push your face into a rock and I'm going to walk right on past you and you're going to see the back of me. And this is going to be so incredible what you are about to see. Okay? But, but the thing is, is we have to actually want this. Okay, that, that's, the tr- that's the point of this idea of uh, oftentimes our busyness is fueled by all the other things we want. And he's going, no, all I really, really want is just, I want to see your glory. I want to be in your presence. I want your presence around me. I don't want to go anywhere that you, but it's really, really tough to make these changes in following Jesus if we really don't want this. Like if it's like, you know what, man? I don't care what we have to say no to, what we have to sacrifice, what we have. But if our, the deepest part of our hearts is, I just want to see you clearly. And you know, that's what we get to see. That's the really, like Mike was saying, when we kind of step back and God starts, we allow him to do God things around us. We start, to, we start looking back and going, man, isn't it crazy when, when God begins like we're out of his way and we see the spirit move and we're going, man, this is life right here. What we see is God working and moving and, and, and people changing and families changing and all that. We're going, wow, that's the greatest thing in the world. Amen. Unless it's not. And then here's the sad part. This would be my advice if it isn't is either, either take some time and get some people involved in, in your life to help you like sh- turn that ship around or stop coming to church. Don't call yourself a Christian anymore. I'm, this isn't discipline for me, okay? Don't take it as that. This isn't me being angry. This isn't any of those things. I'm saying you're hurting yourself. Because you're trying to do something and you're passing that along to other people who are going, oh, you know, Christianity's not that good. Go sit in a boring place for an hour and a half. Then people hound you while you're not coming to midweek. And why don't you come over to my house? I'm just sick and tired of it. Okay. That, at that point, the best thing to do is to be honest and go, I need to leave this community. Okay. But here, here's the deal. If, in fact, you're going, no, but I, I do want this. I want to see this. I, I want my very heart of hearts to just want to see the presence of God. Above anything else that comes up in my life, above anything else that I think is a priority, okay, then stick around. All right? But this idea of, of changing this so we aren't going, I want everything the world is going to give me, and then I'm just going to get really ticked off and upset because the church isn't what I want the church to be. And the people aren't doing what I want them to do. And they're not like behaving the way I want them to behave. And they're asking me to, you know, all these different things. It's just, it's hell on earth. Okay. And I know that's a very like distinctive, like, like crossroads moment, but I'm, and I'm not being facetious on that. I really think if, if you're at that place, you're going, I don't want this. Their life looks so incredible for me moving forward. 
is the best thing to do is go for it with all of your heart and see what happens. That would be the best thing, okay, that could happen. But again, if we want this, stick around. And it's just like, man, this, is, this truly is being around people who are like, this is, this is all I want. In my life, in my schedule, in my home, in my family. I'm tired of living by the world's rules to where my life is chaotic and I can't even pay attention to what's going on in my life and I'm frustrated spiritually and all these different things. So here's really the final thing. What's the takeaway for taking notes and you want to kind of work through this? Is th- These are really the three things that me and you have to count this cost. And am I willing to be intentional with my life? All right? Am I really willing to put everything on the table? All the things I want to do. Am I really willing going, okay, when Jesus tells me to deny myself and take up my cross and follow him. When Jesus said, if I choose to save my life, I'll lose it. But if I lose my life for him, I'll find it. Okay, if that's the case, then putting it up and going, okay. Me and you being intentional about how we do everything in our life and thoughtful and prayerful and deliberate of putting it down and going, okay, is this, will the presence of God be with us? Are we making decisions that way? Or is it, I'm doing my thing, God, get over here and help me, or I'm going to be discouraged and upset and angry. Okay, these three things, intention, thought, deliberateness, and adding one more thing through the whole thing is lavished in prayer. Okay, that's just, that's what I have for this. You know, that's, that's the thing for me. This, but we've got to take it. We've got to be having conversations about this stuff, spurring one another on. Okay, this is really, I mean, again, the, these passages to me just really speak to my heart. So. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about us or have any questions, please visit ClemsonFoothills.com. You can also text Foothills to 94000 to stay up to date on everything going on here at CFC.